Welcome to this special episode of the Farmers Weekly podcast brought to you in association with Corteva. From the Farmers Weekly News Desk, I'm Johan Tasker. Prospects are looking good for all seed rape growers this spring, including farmers who've returned to the crop. Jamie Burrows, who farms in the cabbage stem flea beetle hotspot county of Hertfordshire, has started growing rape again after a three-year break. There were far too many evening sprays of insecticide that weren't working on a crop that was barely there. And uh, I came home one night and the wife said, why are you bothering? So we stopped. We've got two blocks of 80 hectares at the moment, and I would have thought at our peak we're probably around 200 hectares. Um, You know, less of it um, means we can look after it better, um, get around it quicker when when we do see a problem and it you know it is it's about waiting to see what happens come harvest and 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 where it fits going forward we're only growing it one year in six now uh we never got under one in three and there were plenty of people wheat rape wheat rape but it's nowhere near enough um we're very fortunate that we can get hold of digestate um, and we spread it ourselves um, so we can control timings and uh, actual amounts um, which helps get a decent crop and a decent canopy early on in the season and, and manage it from there. And what's your flea beetle larvae numbers like? The larvae is a concern uh, when I open up. The, 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 it's a decent stand at the moment but pigeons are giving a really good hammering um, and you, when you look inside there's a fair bit of larvae there so it, it's a bit of a suck it and see uh, and, and we'll make some decisions once we've seen what yield is um, in July. Jamie Burrows. Colin Peters from NIAB says more growers like Jamie are learning to live with flea beetle. Cabbage stem flea beetle is not going to go away. It's, it, you know, we're not going to develop a sudden cure for it. What we need to do, I believe, is to understand more about it so that we can learn to farm around with it, basically. Um, so that involves understanding the life cycle better we've not really studied the life cycle in the wide environment in the past because we haven't had to we've had things in cans that have helped us deal with it Um, that no longer exists so we need to understand more about it and we at places like NIAB need to engage with farmers so that we can learn together and then we can feed as much you know whatever we learn from that we feed back out as fast as we can and get feedback from farmers and do it together. And that's exactly what you're working on at the moment, Colin. When can we expect to see some of your findings? All the bits and pieces we're doing on the DEFRA project, um, we're feeding back to instantly to those that are helping us. So the current stem larvae count, as we get results, we're feeding them back individually to farmers. And hopefully by mid-April, we'll have the whole lot put together. Uh, We'll do a big feedback session and then make that available to everyone uh, because we want feedback from what we learn so that we can move on to the next stage. And looking ahead to next year's crop, the crop that's going to go in the ground this summer, do you have any particular tips for growers so far? We're understanding more about the whole emergence pattern. Uh, That's in a very short time scale, so we don't know if that's true year on year on year, so we need to understand more about that. We need to understand more about how we can forecast the levels so that if we go back two or three years to when we had the devastating numbers if we can actually forecast that type of thing happening it will help farmers make decisions maybe if the conditions aren't right the weather conditions aren't right the seedbed conditions aren't right and we know that the numbers are high 
then they might want to make different decisions. So the more we can feed back and learn, the better we will become at forecasting. Colin Peters, Lincolnshire farmer Mark Stubbs, holds the current Yield Enhancement Network Award for the highest rape yields. So how does he get such good results? I'll start off by doing um, a one-pass establishment. I concentrate on establishment, looking for when um, the rain's going to follow afterwards. Um, We'll then wait for the crop to grow then we'll do like a herbicide program for any volunteers then followed up with centurion max for blackgrass fungicide of plover and unfortunately i have to use an insecticide there just to cover through the cabbage stem flea beetle pressure and then basically we close the door on it other than fertilizers so it'll get a start of fertilizer as we um, grow the crop and then come February we'll put 70 kilos of nitrogen with um, some sulfur with that then end of March we'll follow up again with another 70 kilos of liquid fertilizer with some full sulfur and then towards the end of April when it's green bud we'll then put the final dressing of 70 kilos of nitrogen with some sulfur added and then we wait till flowering then we'll do uh, probably an amistar with an insecticide for pollen beetle um, for sclerotinia pressure and then we'll review whether we do a second one depending what sort of pressure we get. And what varieties do you grow and why do you grow those ones in particular? I'm growing um, Monsanto decap uh, varieties predominantly. Um, I always grow hybrid. Um, that's mainly because I've learned the characteristics of hybrid and feel that um when I've put it in the ground, I can then forget about it as such, other than the slug and cabbage stem flea beetle pressure. And then come the spring, February time, it just wakes up and just takes off. And so if you think you've got a bad crop, it will compensate and grow away from it all. Um, so I also, um, with the Monsanto varieties, I grow um, mainly whole um, because I can get a premium for that of about £25 to £30 a tonne and I can still get the equivalent yields to any of the commercial grown oil seed rapes. So you mentioned premiums there, Mark. Uh, we have seen some record rate prices over the last year or so, but input costs are rising too. That said, it obviously still stacks up as a crop for you. So I've just recently done a pricing of the um, economics of it. So I was looking at the fertiliser pricing and actually my cost of fertiliser is about um, £200 a hectare um, roughly. And I bought my fertiliser really well this year. So if I was to buy the fertiliser today, I would double that. So my input cost for fertiliser would be £400. But my output costs are phenomenal because um, on today's pricing, I can get over £500 a tonne, plus probably with bonuses and premiums and that, that's a further £100. So I'd get um, £600 a tonne for my oilseed crop rate. And I would work, I'd budget on growing at four tonnes to the hectare. Most people would probably maybe budget only on three, but I can regularly get over four tonnes. So I'm being a bit um, conservative at four tonnes. So that's £2,400 per hectare income. So high input costs are getting covered by the high output costs. 
Mark Stubbs, plant protection company Corteva, has invested heavily in oilseed rape over recent years. Oilseed rape product manager John Sellers explains some of the latest developments. It's a crop that drives um, a lot of our discovery and development efforts. We've seen sort of about eight years ago, we saw the introduction of AstroCurb, which changed things quite considerably. But more recently, we've seen um, Belcar launch about three years ago. Belcar's autumn applied all-seed rape herbicide. Controls those real key weeds, cranes bill, doesn't matter what species of cranes bill, controls cranes bill, controls cleavers, controls poppies. And you can really wait until your crop's established and then you can control your weeds. So it chimes really quite well with changing ways of uh, the way the all-seed rape crop is being established. And then more recently, we've launched um, a product called Corvetto. And Corvetto's spring applied. So those red-faced weeds, those poppies and mayweeds, and to a certain extent, so the thistles, Corvetto is a very powerful herbicide and will control those, her- um, those weeds. And you've also recently moved into oilseed rape varieties. Yeah, PT303 launched last year, high-yielding, uh, sclerotinia-resistant, which is its, its uh, sort of unique position, uh, but ultimately you know, quite a high-yielding um, variety. The crop does seem to be on the up. Do you see the prospects remaining good? It'd be nice to think that perhaps this coming spring, there's an awful lot of optimism around this year's harvest. We see growers and advisors starting to understand now a little bit more how to grow their crops with cabbage stem flea beetle. And uh, we're rather hoping for a little bit of a bounce coming into this uh, um, coming into this autumn. And the economics as well are very, very good as well. So yes, we're hoping for a little bit of a bounce. Probably not go back to one in three uh, sort of in, in a rotation. It'd be more sort of one in five, one in six type of type of position. And of course, a lot of growers now, having had a little bit of a holiday, are now sort of starting to come back in on that one in four, one in five, one in six rotation. So yes, a little bit of a bounce. John Sellers, Nick Down, Velcourt manager for the Yattenden Estate in West Berkshire, has also come back to oilseed rape after a three-year gap. Yeah, the crop looks well. Um, we've also had a nice, kind, mild autumn. Uh, establishment was good. We got our, our, our crops established in good time into moisture. Um, so our, our establishment was a lot, lot better than we than we faced three years ago, the last time we grew rape. Um, so yeah, as we stand today, very pleased with where we are. And how much rape are you growing? Yeah, we've got a lot less than what we used to grow. Um, uh, we are only growing uh, about 75 hectares now, whereas historically we were growing three or 400 hectares a year. Um, so, you know, we've really reduced the area to reduce the risk. Uh, and we've widened our rotation by growing, uh, you know, a whole variety of different break crops as part of the wider rotation now. And what's about crop management? Are you doing anything different this time round? Definitely, we, our establishment was much earlier because we wanted to get crops away, get, get a healthy crop going into the peak, uh, the, the peak sort of cabbage stem flea beetle um, danger area in later August. So our establishment was brought forward to, to early August. Um, uh, we've moved a lot of our operations later with our herbicide applications by using post-emergence products later in the autumn just to reduce our risk uh, in the early through through the establishment phase. I think we pay particular close attention to nutrition both in the autumn and in the early spring to ensure we get you know, rapid vigorous establishment and then quick early growth in the spring. So those are the two or three areas that we've really changed when we were growing rape uh, three or four years ago. 
There is a lot of optimism about rape now around the crop. You're generally much happier about where you are with it too. I think we've seen a you know a reasonable return so far. I think we take one year one year at a time, and we very much you know uh, when we come around to growing for the 2023 harvest, our establishment period. Again, we will look at the basic fundamentals of the farming operation when we get there, uh, you know, and manage the risks in front of us at the time. Um, we won't expose ourselves to such significant areas uh, in the coming years. We will keep it at a smaller area just to mitigate the risk on the wider business. Um, but you know, we'll definitely look to continue growing albeit on a smaller area, um, as part of our wider rotation. Nick Down, United Oilseeds trading manager Owen Clegg, says demand for rape remains high. We've had the uh, supply um, stock um, coming through from uh, Canada, which went down to uh, 12 million tonnes. And uh, you know, Norway were originally expecting a 20 million tonne crop. If you take um, uh, 8 million tonnes out of the uh, world supply and demand of a crop that sort of generally is only 65 million tonnes. It's a, it's a big shock um, and it's only really been partially alleviated by um, a bigger Australian crop um, and uh, um, a European crop that sort of uh, really only stayed static. So where do you think we're heading this season? Yeah, we can see um, potentially plantings up around 20%. Um, that's all still to be verified, really. Um and uh, the crops do look um, pretty good in the ground with uh, only limited um, uh, reports of uh, larvae damage and uh, um, poor establishment. So uh, we're hoping that um, yeah, we go from sort of uh, uh, maybe 850,000 tonnes production to up to well over a million tonnes um, for the current year, which will uh, um, obviously uh, help the uh, um, UK demand for racing, albeit still well short, because um, uh, yeah, we potentially uh, crush uh, um, two million tonnes if uh, if the price is right, or use two million tonnes if the price is right. And from a UK perspective, do you think the price will remain strong? Well, we, we're trading at around five hundred pounds for harvest. Which is a um, you know historically a brilliant price for harvest, even though we've touched six hundred pounds in the old crop. Um, so, uh, in the context of does it go up or down from five hundred pounds, um, which is still quite a big discount to the old crop. Um, yeah, I think we're probably in a range of about four hundred pounds to five hundred fifty. Um, a lot will depend on uh, whether or not uh, Canada gets back up to twenty million tons which they have done in other years, and it's still pretty dry over there. So they need uh, moisture to get the seed beds right. Uh, and, but, you know, on that backdrop, um, the whole vegetable oil complex is pretty firm at the moment. And that's Owen Clegg from United Oil Seeds wrapping up this special edition of the Farmers Weekly Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard and found it useful. And remember that you can hear our regular Farmers Weekly Podcast every Friday on all the major podcast platforms. But for now, thank you for listening. From the Farmers Weekly News Desk, I'm Johan Tasker. Goodbye. <laughs>